building entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, and along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Avuncular, Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? Hey, everybody. Shag just learned that word because I told him it to him just before we started recording. <laughs> well, you know, okay. So I asked Rob to describe Fred McMurray from My Three Sons because in we're going to talk about some classic Aquaman from the 1950s in just a minute here, folks. And when I look at that Aquaman, it kind of reminds me of Fred McMurray from My Three Sons, just that kind of classic, you know, nice cut jaw, good good dad kind of guy, uh, you know, nice, upbeat, positive role model, and that's what Aquaman is. So that is, uh, that is in fact, where that word came from just then, folks. I don't know the word. I don't, I'd have to look it up in a dictionary. So. See, I, I thought – Spell it. See I, see, I thought it was because, like Fred McMurray did for My Three Sons, I record all of my Fire and Water podcasts in one month at the beginning of the year, and then we just dole them out across the county. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So it was amazing when he did the Aquaman movie review before he even saw the film. It was astonishing. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> so how have you been, man? What you been up to? Uh, I've been hanging out with you. Uh, it was so weird. I'm having dinner, and he freaking bombs it with his hot girlfriend. It was just so weird. It was no. It was it was very much a lot of fun. It was great getting. It was it was weird seeing someone that I care about so deeply, and then you. That's just like a weird, like Alpha and Omega. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. It was it was great, great fun getting to see you again twice in a little over a month. That's really going to do me up until around twenty twenty four. I'd say. Yeah, but, I'm good. Uh, uh, <laughs> but no, I don't know. I keep no. It was it was a blast. It was it was great that we got to do it, and I was I was uh, mad props to my awesome girlfriend Kelly who. Uh, drove me. Uh, I just got to sit in the passenger seat. It was fantastic. So I didn't have to make the horrible drive through Devon. Uh, 
to get to. So he spends a whole hour in the car making this poor lady drive him around like some Uber. And then I think you only gave her two stars on Uber, which is really not fair. <laughs> but she was absolutely lovely, folks. Rob has found himself a catch. I am very impressed for him and very sorry for her. Um, they make an adorable couple. So if you haven't seen these two cuties on Facebook, go out there and find them. They're absolutely adorbs, and I couldn't be happier for them. And she is absolutely lovely, and you don't even remotely deserve her. So enjoy That's it true. when you can. Much like, uh, you know how they have like Benifer and stuff? If you, make right. a, if you make a portmanteau of our names, it would just be Kelly. Right, it's just Kelly, right? It's <laughs> so. <laughs> <That's> so exciting. <laughs> you know what the ironic part is? That she actually used to live around that area, and okay. so uh, we're actually going to go back there because uh, oh on our way we passed a video store. There's a there's that neighborhood actually has a video store. There's a video it's store still, still open, still open. Yes, and I am That's desperate. To, yes, I am desperate to go to a video store and see what one is like in 2019. So we're actually going to go back there and hang out. So it's it'll be a lot more fun because you won't be there. We'll just be hanging right. out in Devon. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, before this gets uh, any more saccharine, we should get rolling here, folks. This episode of the Fire and Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best uh, source for online trades, uh, collections, uh, hardcovers, all that jazz, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. What do you got, Rob? All right, now I've plugged this book before, but who cares? F you, you're not my dad. Uh, the book is <laughs> The Art of Ramota Freyden, which is I'm a – over here being avuncular, and yes. you tell me to F you. Yeah. No, it's the Art of Ramona Freyden hardcover. Uh, by, it's uh, from Fantagraphics, uh, and it's an amazing book. It's a, it's a career retrospective slash biography of one of the great comic book artists of all time. And of course, she's the. Uh, it was just her birthday a couple of days ago. Her oh. ninety her ninety third birthday, I believe, just oh a couple gosh. of days ago. This book features uh, in a forward by Walt Simonson. It features ton tons of great Ramona Freyden art. Now, this edition that I'm mentioning uh, is signed. By her, you can get a separate one that is signed by Ramona Freyden. Oh, nice! The norm, yes, the normal price is forty nine ninety nine. In stock trades, price is thirty four ninety nine. That's thirty percent off. So, uh, the reason I'm mentioning this one as opposed to the other one is because, of course, the, the holiday shopping season is just around the corner. And if you know of someone out there that loves Ramona Freyden, like that's a great Christmas gift to get them a book signed by her because uh, she's awesome. And if you don't get, you're not lucky enough to meet her at a con. Uh, this is like your next best thing. So check it out: the art of Ramona Freyden. Are you fishing? Like, are you hoping Kelly's listening to this and hoping she buys it for you for Christmas or something? No, no, no. I've given her my list of things that I want. This is okay. I, I was, I was hoping, world I was peace. hoping you would get me this. Oh, uh, I see. But, okay. So your list to Kelly: world peace, execution of Shag, uh, controlling interest in the network, and all these things. Um, I have one of those three things. <laughs> no, no, you don't. So, um, I met her last year when I guess uh, just about when she turned ninety-two at the at the Baltimore Comic Con, and she was absolutely lovely and just yes, wonderful to chat with is. her. She was so nice. I, I had a um, one of the Aquaman miniseries that Mark Wade had written all those backup pieces for. Uh, one of the pieces was about her, and I actually had her sign it. And, and she's like, "Oh, I've never read this before. Can I read this?" And I'm like. Sure. So, so Romaina Freyden sat there and read my comic book, which <laughs> makes it even more special. And then and Mark Wade was there, so I was later on telling him the story. He's like, she read it? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what did I write? Oh, my God. He wrote it like 30 years ago. I'm like, you didn't say anything mean. Don't worry. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Who would ever say anything mean about Ramona Freyden? Like, how would that ever happen? Well, you know, she's a little 
uh, gun shy about it. And she even mentioned to me because of the uh, history of the DC Universe book, the really fancy one that was collected by Fantagraphics. Mm. She did that. She, you know, the special edition had a piece by her, and she was kind of negative about her time on Aquaman. She's like, she basically, remember, she was saying mm-hmm. she just didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You probably heard that. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing horrible. It's nothing negative about it. But she's just basically saying she didn't enjoy it. And and she said that she felt like that interview came off too negative, and she was worried about what you know may got used out there. And so I can see why she'd be worried. I can see why Mark would be worried, but it all worked out just fine. Mm -hmm. So I also brought a sort of Aquaman related book. Um, the guy that, uh, Aquaman was ripped off of specifically, I picked out Namor Submariner. Um, there's a new collection now, or at least it's being featured in stock trades. I think it's new. Anyway, it is a giant, one of these giant omnibuses. It's Namor the Submariner by John Byrne and Jay Lee. And this collects the 1990 series, the first 40 issues. Oh my gosh. Two annuals and a bunch of selections from other uh, stuff from Hulk and Silver Surfer and Doctor Strange. Sounds like it must have been a Defenders crossover of some sort. But uh, it is 1,192 pages. That's a a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I think you need a crane to lift it. So the gist of it was, in the 90s, early 90s, John Byrne, not so much reimagined, but he took uh, Namor and sort of updated him for the 90s. He made him like a corporate sort of, uh, you know, a corporate raider kind of character and using his corporation to, to further his means and interests of, of helping the sea and stuff. It was a great run. So Byrne does like the first 24 issues writing and drawing. Somewhere around there, I might have my numbers slightly wrong, but somewhere around there, then he continues to write, but Jay Lee takes over drawing. And if you know, if you remember Jay Lee, Jay Lee has this crazy, just very moody, uh, very artistic, impressionistic style. And it looks great, especially at this period before he got way, way kind of crazy with it. And uh, Dr. Doom's in some of those. In fact, that Jay Lee, there's a Jay Lee drawing of Dr. Doom that's so good. I had it on a t-shirt in the 90s. It was, it was like this full mega print thing. It's just, it's gorgeous. Anyway, point is, it's a great collection of comics. Normally retails for $125, which is very expensive, <laughs> but it's 1,192 pages. Remember that. But right now, you can get it for 50% off in in-stock trades. It's only $62.50, and that's a heck of a deal right there. So, uh, I definitely recommend this book, and that Ramona Frayden book has got to be an absolute dream. So, for both of these folks, head out to InStockTrades.com. Now, uh, this episode is also sponsored in part with your Patreon support. We launched uh, a Patreon about a month ago to help cover a lot of the expenses associated with running this network because it's a fairly large and we have a lot of hosting fees and things like that. And so if you're enjoying the shows we produce, please go out and visit our Patreon. Rob, what, what's that address? It's uh, Patreon.com slash podcast. Absolutely. And go out there, please, and consider supporting the Firewater Podcast Network. Uh, we sincerely appreciate everyone's support. One of the levels involved allows you to be thanked on a, a show of your choice. So quick shout-outs to folks that have chosen to be um, appreciated on the Aquaman and Firestorm show. Adam Ackerman, Jason Pope, Jay Campbell, Keechi Baker, Kevin Culp, David Ace Gutierrez, and Gord Tolton. Thank you guys so much for your support. And again, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash fwpodcast. It helps produce shows like this. So, Rob, I mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to talk about some Aquaman from the 1950s. This is super sweet. Uh, what what issues are we covering here? Uh, Adventure Comics numbers 168 and 182. Now, I do want, just briefly, I want to get into how we picked these. Uh, we actually borrowed Siskoid's uh, panel-to-panel randomizer. Uh, we ship it 
And oh, interna- like international? Yeah, he, he sent it over here. Unfortunately, because he's from Canada, uh, I did, we didn't have an adapter. Uh, <sighs> so it didn't work. So I have to ship it back to him. I don't know when, that's, I don't know when I'm going to get around to that. I don't like going to the post office. But right. I did decide to do things kind of in a random way is that <laughs> I, uh, I decided to pick what two books we were doing by the Superboy covers. Which of, uh, course, okay. which, of course, have no connection to the Aquaman story inside. So that was Sometimes don't have a lot of connection to the Superboy story that inside. That could be either. that, too. Uh, but, I mean, I, so I decided that's the closest I can get to being completely random is that I just found two of the goofier or more interesting Superboy covers and picked those and hoped that the Aquaman stories inside were interesting. So I sent you Adventure Comics 168, and I'm going to be doing Adventure Comics 182. Awesome. Well, I, for one, am thankful that this adapter didn't work with the randomizer because the last time I was on panel to panel with the randomizer, my one panel I had to cover was about a slaughtered goat. So that was no fun for anyone. So I'm, I'm kind of glad this worked out. All the settings were in metric. I was just baffled. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go first since we're doing uh, – if we're talking chronologically. Adventure yeah. Comics number 168, cover dated October 1951, was on the shelves August 17th, 1951. You remember 1951, don't you, Rob? <laughs> and the story, if I understand correctly, <laughs> is just, by George – just gotten old enough to vote. <laughs> if I understand this, uh, the creators of this is George Kasdan and Ramona Freighton, I believe. Uh, so here is the recap. So the, this, this thing's crazy. It's like, what, eight pages? So – the um, I think my recap's longer than the comic. So the mean-spirited Jules Rogers intends to ruin the seafaring reputation of Aquaman's friend, Captain Matt Cleary. And the evil Rogers, basically, his plan is to steal the Orienta Express sailing contract from the kindly Cleary. Now, Aquaman is disturbed by this and promises to help Cleary. Even with no crew and no supplies, Aquaman insists that Cleary get aboard a ship and head to sea. And by insisting, I mean he like physically throws him on the boat. Uh, Aquaman then marshals all the creatures of the sea to help his friend in need. Whales pull the boat. Sea eagles and sea elephants are used to provide transportation for further supplies. They're, they're using sawfish to cut up ice from an iceberg for refrigeration. I mean, all the sea creatures are getting in on this. And then, then we go back to the scheming Jules Rogers. He sees all of this, and he contacts his spies on board uh, – how do you – it's Cathay? It's, it's Cathy? Cathay? I'm not really sure Cath- how you Cathay, say Cathay, I believe. Cathay. Okay, it's the name of the ship. That's that's Matt. That's our hero, Matt Cleary. That's his ship, the Cathay. And so the spy sets off some dynamite, blasting a hole in the ship's hull, which will enable Rogers to then rescue all the everyone, and he'll look like a hero. Well, Aquaman's not having that, so he steps in. He commands two whales to keep the Cathay from tipping over and taking out water. Captain Cleary worries that they can't keep doing that forever, but Aquaman's one step ahead of him. The sea life actually physically raised the boat out of the water. All the water drains out, and Aquaman and his finny friends weld the ship back together. They use the muscles of whales and sea lions, and they're welding electricity from electric eels. Again, it's a real collaborative effort. The evil Rogers makes his final mistake, though, when he launches a torpedo at Cleary's boat. But two guardian seals redirect the, the torpedo back at Rogers' own boat. Cleary arrives in Singapore, setting a new speed record and keeps the contract with Orienta Express, while Rogers is hauled off to jail. Uh, everyone's happy at the end, and Aquaman, as usual in these stories, is riding back out to sea and says, the water's cleaner and the breeze is fresher for what we've do- just done, friends, but policing the seven seas is a full-time job, so let's get on with it! And he rides off into the ocean. So, this was bonkers and a hoot. <laughs> 
So what, what's your feelings on this? Uh, okay, two, well, two things. Uh, one related to the artwork. Obviously, both of these are drawn by Ramona Fraden, and uh, part of the reason, I, I would say a large chunk of the reason that Aquaman survived as mm-hmm. an ongoing strip in Adventure Comics was the work of first John Daly, who we talked about on an episode long, long time ago, but really mostly Ramona Frayden. I think Ramona Frayden's work is so spectacular here. It's so specific and fun and bright and cheery, and it gives everything – so she gives even the most dull moments such visual life – that I think if potentially that if Aquaman had been saddled with a ordinary artist, I don't know if his trip would have continued. I just think she did such an amazing job that she really kept him, no pun intended, afloat. Specifically, the final panel that, that you just quoted from. And then there's this yep. shot of him riding a walrus and you've got a turtle and some sort of fish that's jumping out of the water and a and an eagle and actually two e- two eagles and and then the, that that he says the water's cleaner and breezes whatever. That I want that on a t-shirt. I mean oh, okay. that is like everything I love about classic Aquaman. Is that just kind of like they were the 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 golden age Aquaman. It's just this kind of like let's have fun and adventure and he's bright and cheery. <laughs> And you can just smell the sea air. I just that that image is. I just fall in love with that thing so hard. Story wise, it's okay. I think we're going to. Unfortunately, we're kind of this. We're going to have a somewhat similar story on mine. Yes, we are. <laughs> because and I have to. And I did a little re- looked looked it up. But like this is 1951. This story, right? Right. Seduction of the innocent is not until 1954. But mm. comic comic books were feeling the heat uh, post war to kind of tamp down the violence and, you know, funny animals that started coming in in place of a lot of superheroes. And so I think that's why you have so many of these stories where Aquaman specifically is just like friend to everyone. You know, he's just this sort of nice guy that hangs out in the ocean and he just helps people out. And so these stories are very gentle. There's not a lot of tension. There's very little violence, really. It's, 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 I mean, there's action. Stuff blows up here and whatever, but there just isn't. I mean, in the, you know, the, the, during World War II, Aquaman was literally harpooning Nazis in the crotch. Uh, and, and, you know, none of that goes on here. And I think that's because they just, they were trying to make their superheroes as squeaky, squeaky clean as possible. And this story is, is really that because he's Aquaman just sort of gets involved and helps his friend out. And then, oh, everything's all good at the end. Well, it's, it's funny. Like you can look at it two ways. You can look at it that way, or you can look at it and be like, man, Aquaman is super obsessive competitive. Cause like is, here's yes. like he's like what my friend you're gonna lose this contract with this other guy oh hell no you're not let's go <laughs> beat this guy and it's just like he's definitely putting his thumb on the scale isn't that about that oh yeah this is just the the competition in it like it reminds you like of of somebody who who just can't lose at a board game they'll just they're gonna go nuts <laughs> they're gonna do everything possible and pull every stop out to win this board game it's like that's kind of it's like every dilemma that's thrown his way it's like oh no it's not and it's I mean of course he's the hero but it's just it's also funny it's humorous to me in that way when you step back from you're like damn he's really wants to win this mm-hmm. so but the Ramona Freighton you you're going back to what you said before it, you're not wrong it is it's – I don't want to say simple, but it is. It's from a more innocent time. So it gives that sort of innocent feel. But you're right. It's illustrated so clearly. The storytelling is so perfect. The panel the panel design is not anything we would call exciting by this by this day no, and age. it's pretty standard shots. She's not right. she's not Orson Wellsing it here. It's pretty pretty much straight ahead, you know, pristine medium-style shots. But it's so well done, it doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. Like, 
every panel, you know exactly what's happening. So while the design itself might not be exciting, the panels themselves tell the story so clearly. And, and by way of example, I went ahead and read uh, read part of the Johnny Quick stories in here, which were fine. There was nothing bad about them, and the art wasn't necessarily bad, but you could see – or, or more, more almost sense, you know, because I'm not an artist. I could sense that the Aquaman story was more compelling to me than the Johnny Quick story. Even though the Johnny Quick story had him like zooming around and flying and stuff, the Aquaman story was visually more satisfying. So it's, um, yeah, it's a real testament to her. Just gorgeous work. Her Aquaman is so kind of Flash Gordon iconic looking. I mean, I mentioned that panel at the end, but on page three where he is, uh, he's got, his, he's underwater and says, moments later as the sovereign of the sea. Damn you. Lunges, what? I was just going to talk about that panel. Okay, yeah, and it's a good talk about. It. I love that shot of him just banging that thing with the hammer, with the hair fluttering right? in the water. Oh, it's, it's the so hair. Good. It's the hair's what does it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So he's he's tapping it into an underwater phone line, which cracks me up. They've got a, they actually have a a regular telephone underneath a bell. <laughs> Uh, underneath a glass bell so that I love it stays it's like dry. a princess phone too. Yep. And so, but yeah, Aquaman, the, you, you already said it. Yeah, the hair is flowing. His face looks like chiseled. He And he's, you know, he's sitting there tapping away. He just looks great. By the way, it's yellow gloves. Yellow gloves, but, uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just looks fantastic. He looks great. Oh, it's just, and it's funny that we both picked the same panel. Oh. I also love that he flies in a, cl- in a giant clam. Where he yeah. hook, he hooks all the eagles up the giant clamshell and they make like a sea chariot like that's just boss like that's just super super cool. This forced me to actually learn something. Uh, he came upon a group of sea elephants. I'm like, what in the hell is a sea elephant? So I had to look it up, and it's a particular type of seal. It looked like you know it looked like a seal to me. So it's a it's a it's a what they call a elephant seal uh, nowadays, I guess. But uh, so I, I I learned something from this. Aquaman learns how to. Well, he doesn't learn, but he, we see that he knows how to weld too. There's yes, a point he where does. He welds the ship, and he's like, "Not pretty, perhaps, but it'll hold as long as the sh- as any shipyard welding." So he's not licensed to do that, but he's just gonna do it anyway. So it's great. So there's one physics thing I do have to bring up, and I think this will be my final comment. When, when the boat gets hauled uh, from dynamite, and and the water's pouring in, and then they they elevate the boat above the water so that they can do this welding work, right? The the physics of that just doesn't work. <laughs> what happens here is all it's on it's on page uh, five at the page top five, of the yeah. panel. Yeah, all the fish come up underneath the boat and then lift the boat out of the water. <laughs> what that suggests is that somehow the fish all found leverage in the water <laughs> to be able to hoist the boat up. It, it that doesn't work <laughs> unless there is a column of fish maybe i don't know 30 feet long beneath them holding all of them up maybe but uh, I'm, I'm not seeing it so i don't think elevating the boat really would have worked those are some mighty strong walrus that uh, he's right got going exactly on yeah, yeah yeah exactly a swordfish in there maybe and a walrus and uh, yeah that's it's a couple sharks it doesn't really work but it's still adorable yeah i again last thing i will mention our work i in virtually every panel where the characters are standing on a dock you see mm-hmm. their ties or their shirts blowing. Like, hey, it just gives okay. such a little, like, on the last page where you've got the, the bad guys that are standing there. And you see their ties fluttering in the in the breeze. And the one guy's even holding onto his hat. It's it yeah, just that right. nice little piece of, just a little bit of detail. They're just like, well, yeah, of course, because they're out on the, they're near on the open water. And also, to, oh, now I keep going on, the splat, the, the opening panel. She okay. was so yeah. good at these opening panels, these splash images. Now, mm-hmm. she couldn't do a whole page because she only had seven pages to work with here. But just every – you really could make a series of poster images of these shots of 
of the, oh, yeah. the setting up of the story. And Aquaman astride this walrus with all these sea life and all these missiles heading towards the cafe is just oh man it's and the camera is pointed down at them like it's a, kind of like an eagle's eye view we literally see the eagles in the foreground it's just really great she's she just so good it un, i i have no idea whether she's self-taught or whatever but jiminy christmas she was so good and she only got better as she got older too which is amazing yeah it's absolutely stunning. yeah and this, this, she sells sketches now by the way yep. and they're still stunning mm-hmm. at 92 they're unbelievable mm-hmm. so i have one so so what is a sea eagle I don't know really. Is that a thing? Is that really a thing? I, I don't know. They tended to, I think for these Aquaman stories, they just put the word sea in front of everything and they were like, oh, it's good enough. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, you guys, if you know cat, folks, put it in the mouse. comments. <laughs> what did you say? I, I missed that. Sea, sea cat, sea mouse, whatever, whatever right. we need. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So why don't we do the other adventure comics? Okay. So we're going to move on to adventure comics number 182. Uh, I picked this one again for the cover just because it's the uh, the the hick of Smallville, the super hick of Smallville. The only reason I picked it is because the cover has got this great drawing of of Superboy in the middle of a major city, and it just it was a lot of buildings that they drew. I was just impressed that they made the effort to draw all those buildings because that takes a while to do all we should, that. We should talk about both these covers actually. So yeah, so so what's happening here is there's all these. Teenagers leaning out, looking looking off, looking like you would off the top of the, I don't know, the Empire State Building or something. And they're like, too bad that hayseed pal of yours, Clark Kent, had to leave. He must be scared of heights. And what we see is beneath them, the building is actually cracking apart. And, and, the, and the balcony or whatever that they're standing on is going to collapse. And yet Superboy is there holding it up. So they're saying, you know, good, you know. Too bad Clark's afraid of heights, and Superboy's holding it all up going, it's good thing I'm not meeting afraid of heights because he's saving them. And the first one, which we should have mentioned earlier on the on for the story I did, it's <laughs> <laughs> I stopped as soon as I hit that one. I'm like, that's Shags. That's it. You, I don't even you, go any further. You describe it. I, I can't do it without laughing. It's got well, it's got this little kid, uh, and he's like a junior detective, and he's got like a little Sherlock cap, and he's a little and he's got these striped uh striped shirt and these little short pants and he's like uh the and he's got a book about solving riddles and he thinks that he has figured out that Superboy is Clark Kent and he is saying as much. Uh, and he's got a magnifying glass and then there's presumably Lana Lang is staring there, standing there watching. And it's uh, the boy who outsmarted Superboy. And he just looks like a little punk that Superboy should kill. He does. He looks like such a dick. Yeah. He looks so mean. Mm-hmm. I'm proved beyond a shadow of a doubt. Superboy's Clark Kent. Yeah. And then, you know, the next, you know, if they, if someone commissioned somebody to do the, you know, five seconds later pose, it'd be, you know, Superboy just blasting him with heat vision. Just yeah. <laughs> melting the kid. Picking him up I mean, and throwing he, him to the moon. Right. Well, even his expression is just like, what a little jerk. Have you ever seen uh, A League of Their Own, that movie? Oh my god, yeah. Love it's, it. He's like Stillwell, the little kid. You're gonna lose. And he's like oh running up and down the bus and stuff. He that's he's totally Stillwell. <laughs> okay. I can see that. All right, fair <laughs> enough. So anyway, yeah, when I got to that cover, I was like, all right, that's Shags. And then I just got to mine because I just really love that the artist, uh in this case is uh, Jay Winslow Mortimer, um, hmm. just drew all those buildings. Like that's it looks it, great. It, it just takes a long time to do. That's extra like he could have drawn it in a way that would have not required so many so much legwork but he did so good good for you uh jay winslow mortimer um, i like that uh, you gave me the whiny brat cover that's perfect that's, that's perfect so okay so my story <laughs> is adventure comics 182 it is called the ocean restaurant by question mark nobody seems to know who actually wrote this thing and drawn by ramona Fraden. but did you mention who wrote your story 
Did I well, miss that? Uh, I, f- I found an old defunct website um, that nobody apparently goes to anymore and is actually pretty hard to access called Aquaman Shrine. That's true. Sure yeah, nobody goes to that thing anymore. And in there, they credited George Kasdan and Ramona Freyden, which right. I did say. Thanks for listening. Um, so I, I kind of assume that site might be accurate, but I don't know. The I guy's so. shady. Well, Mike's Amazing World says it's George Kasdan, so I have to assume that – I think that's where I got it from. So anyway. Well, I, I prefer to trust Mike than yeah. I do that Aquaman Shrine guy. Just fun fact, George Kasdan went on to write episodes of the Aquaman Filmation show. So oh. yeah, he had the history with Aquaman. Dude, I totally heard the Filmation Aquaman voice throughout reading oh, both completely. stories. This is that Aquaman. Yeah. This is it's ab- it absolutely is that Aquaman, yeah. I'm on Padpole. Let's head for home. <laughs> um, all right, so anyway, okay. So the Ocean Restaurant uh, from Adventure Comics 182. This is on sale October 1st, 1952. Uh, Bill Wallace and his wife Jane run a successful Oceanside restaurant. Their landlord, Silas Flint, <laughs> is greedy, like you didn't know that from his name, is greedy and refuses to renew the Wallace's lease. Flint intends to open his own restaurant and reap a profit. When he learns that the Wallaces intend to reopen in another location, Flint fears the customers will be loyal to Wallace. Flint then cheats the couple by selling Bill another property, but this one is underwater. When Aquaman happens by, he learns of the Wallace's dilemma. He offers to help by constructing a restaurant ship using parts from wrecked vessels. During the grand opening, a typhoon threatens the new restaurant. Aquaman seals up the ship and takes it below the surface like a submarine until the storm passes. In an ironic twist, the original restaurant, now owned by Flint, is destroyed by the typhoon. Shortly thereafter, Flint and his nephew show up to the Golden Gull, asking to be served a meal. Bill and Jane generously say yes, thanking Aquaman for all his help. Okay, so I'll shag. You asked me, I'll ask you. What did you think of this story? I thought my story was a little bonkers. Then I read yours. Okay. <laughs> uh, I loved it. But again, it's that sort of thing. Like Aquaman's like, he's presented with a, a problem. Like, oh, there's some jerk. Oh, we're going to get him. And it's just, <laughs> we're not going to let, we're not going to let him win. It's, it's that competitive streak in Aquaman. So he steps in to help this guy. And the building of the boat, like, I guess the thing I like the most, okay, I'm all over the board here. Sorry. Is Aquaman realizes that the typhoon's coming and the guy's like, what are you going to do, Aquaman? He's like, what the hell can I do? It's a freaking typhoon. I'm Aquaman. <laughs> you know, he like sees the inherent problem with this. He's not like, I'm going to go spin it backwards. You know, he says he doesn't know what to do. So sealing up the boat and taking it underwater is just crazy. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to like slap a whale on there and drag it far away <laughs> or something? I, it's they a can't boat. run a typhoon. Come on, Chang. He, he crossed the freaking ocean a minute ago with that other boat in record time. So, um, the, I mean, it's it's a neat idea. It actually it, it made me pause and stop and sit there and think for a while. Like, how would you make a boat watertight? And I actually spent some time. I'm like, huh, and found myself going, I guess that would work. It's, so, um, it was bonkers, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was it was charming and delightful, and it was fun to see the the mean guy get his comeuppance. Silas it, Flint. Right, but it was it was definitely a little unusual. Yeah. How about you? Uh, no, I, I like this one a lot. It is unfortunately a little similar to the one I picked for you, but that's sure. what happens when you use Siskoid's damn randomizer. Uh, but uh, but but okay. One of the things I loved about this is just the idea of a restaurant on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I am fanatic on the subject of eating outside. Like I will, I, if if there's a restaurant. 
that has outside seating, I will eat there. I'll eat at a rib place practically um, because I love uh, – I'm a vegetarian, everybody, in case you don't get that right. joke. Um, uh, that's how much I love outside seating. I am constantly bugging Kelly to find a place that we could go to that you can sit outside. And, of course, when we the, when the three of us had dinner the other night, where did we sit? Outside. We sat outside. Exactly I, right. I am, that's why one of the things I love about California is that you can sit outside all the time. Um, so the idea that you could have your nice dinner on this boat and just be out on the open ocean, like, just is really exciting to me. I just love it. On the opening splash page, you see people getting served their food, and there's, like, they have little umbrellas. And it's just like, I would eat at the Golden Gull every day if I could. So there's that. And part of the appeal is just that. If they're building a custom boat for him, though, it doesn't need to look like a shrimp hauler because that's what this thing looks like. Right. It could have made it a little more nice, but that's okay. true. Well, they're going for an old, you know, an authentic, uh, you know, real similitude kind of thing. I guess. Um, so. I will say, Bill Wallace is a terrible businessman. I mean, he's just <laughs> awful, and and Aquaman <laughs> keeps bailing him out. And maybe at some point, he's got to learn that Bill has to sink or swim by himself because, like Silas Flint, you know, sells Bill a new property, and Bill buys it without even looking at it. Right for and then, five grand, which is clearly an exorbitant sum right, back then too. Right. And then they go him and him and Jane go to it, and he's like, "Oh, it's underwater." And if I was Jane, I'd be like, "What are you, an idiot? Like you didn't even like who who buys a, who buys a plot of land without looking at it for it? Like that's so." Bill's just. I think the reason the Golden Gull is a successful is a success either is because of Jane or the food, but it's or just dumb luck. But it's not a thing Bill right. is doing because he's just clearly not a very good businessman. He, he didn't even think about going to get a lawyer either. No. Once he once he bought this stupid thing. Yeah, the guy's name is Silas Flint. You can't give him your money. I mean, come on, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> and he's bald and sn- and snivelly and you know with the glasses, he just looks dangerous. So. Yeah. Um, but once, but once again, all the different animals that come in to help, like the electric eel that provides power for the boat, mm-hmm. like. They illegally tap into power lines with electric eels to to get power to the ship, which is hilarious to me. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ma, uh, Con Ed or whatever it is. Right. Uh, again, Ramona Freyden just totally brings it, especially page two that has a lot of dialogue. Uh, in fact, the balloons are like practically just crushing the characters, but she manages to That's get true. it all in, and it's not too bad. Uh, much like the story that you did, the, these stories really lean hard on Aquaman's finny friends doing funny stuff. They mm-hmm. just love that. And, I mean, you get this thing of after the, 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 the fish in, in your story helped to repair the boat, here you've got the octopi creating the new boat, and you've got them literally like moving planks of wood. You've got this walrus, these walruses, walrus eye, uh, putting up the, the, the mast or whatever, and then they're pushing the thing. And then you even get this kind of like a little bit of a poetic image of um, the, the gull that lands yeah. on the, the cannon of the, the – well, not the cannon, the, the, the prow of the boat. And it's on like by sunset. So it's yep. actually really pretty, and they're like, I get it, the Golden Gull. Yeah, that's uh, where the name of the, the restaurant goes. Yeah, it's the name it's of the restaurant. Nice. And then the, the, the people get to the boat by riding on caravans on the backs of whales. So right. this is just like the coolest thing ever. I would just be eating here every damn time. I just love this thing. Well, the line is, you know, going across the beach of people who want to go. Oh, now, it's like I Studio 50. It's like, this is like Studio uh, 57 <laughs> in, in the 70s, and this is a hopping place. I got to talk about one of my favorite panels before you steal it from me because I know you will. Uh, the bottom of page four, the Coast Guard has come in to warn everybody away because the uh, the, the typhoon's coming. Right. And the the artistry, and you just it's, he's a little tiny figure from the back, but the Coast Guard guy, the wind is whipping his shirt I love and he's it. whipping yes. his 
Yes. And he's got the um, the bell bottoms and everything like that. And you can just see how windy it is just from these this this one guy. And it just looks great. It's really well illustrated. And again, the storytelling within the panels themselves is so clear. Yeah, and she she inked her. She was her own inker too. I mean, really? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like she really brought it again with all this stuff. I mean, there's so much stuff going on, and yet it all seems very crisp and clear. And I mean, this this uh, this particular story is very Scooby Doo. It feels, you know, like Silas Flint is just all he needs to do is dress up as a ghost to to get <laughs> rid of the Wallaces, and you have the same basic story. But I mean, it's again, it's there's not a lot of stakes here. It's Aquaman just being kind of friend to everybody. Uh, I mean, but but he had a lot of free time because this is you know he had no black man or, or ocean master to worry about. Uh, this is even pre-human flying fish, so he really. Uh, okay. He had no recurring villains other than Blackjack, who had been gotten rid of in the 40s. So, I mean, he just did a lot of helping out regular people. And so he was just, you know, the way we joke about Batman, friend of the police in the 60s, this is Aquaman, friend to humanity in the 1950s. All right, I like that. The friend of humanity, we can call him that yeah, for now. That's on. what it was. So it's. It, I, I mean, I'm sure, Jason Momoa would, would appreciate that description. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> permission to come aboard. Uh, I mean, I don't. I I read these a lot of these stories in succession, uh, and so I don't know how they read back to back to back to back. They might. I'm sure they get a little repetitive. By the way, we should mention the reason oh, that this yeah. is. I forgot the inspiration for this episode, other than the fact that. We spent nine hours talking about Firestorm last episode. Uh, oh my gosh! Was uh, was that uh, Amazon? There's an Amazon listing for an Aquaman uh, 1950s omnibus, and according to the brief logline in there, it's going to be reprinting like a lot of these stories, and most of these stories have never ever been reprinted anywhere. Mm. So this will, and they, presumably they'll be in color. And if it's an omnibus, I guess it's going to be one of those thousand pagers. Right. Uh, and they just have a dummy image up, but one of the dummy images is by Ramona Freighton. So, I mean, presumably nice. it's going to be a lot of these stories. Now, I mean, Aquaman ran uninterrupted for a decade. So there's no way, even with only eight pages each, they can really do all of them. But even if they get a good chunk of them, that'll still be really fun. So I, I will be really excited to pick that book up when it comes out. I'm sure we'll plug it at the time. There's no date. It just says 2020. But uh, I'm really excited. Well, if, they do, if they do eight pages and it's 1,100 pages like the last one was, <laughs> that's 137 issues they could cover. That's a I lot. It's true. I guess they, yeah, I guess they could do that. That's that's like 10, that's more than 10 years worth. So I guess they could, they could if they wanted to. So yeah. It might be a little rough to re- like you said, the repetitive nature of them might be a little bit rough because I'm I'm reading these, you know, uh, one at a time rather than a whole bunch of them together. And you know, it's cute and adorable. I don't know that I would. I've read two now back to back. I don't know that I'd want to read five, ten, a hundred and thirty-seven yeah. in in one sitting. Yeah, and I think what the thing you're most excited about is you're gonna you're gonna get a chance to look at Ramona Frain's artwork on really nice paper yeah. with really good printing. And I hope that they don't go out of the way to recolor it. Like I like these colors. Mm. They're very simple. Very Dick Tracy. People have just on this last page I'm looking at, there's like a guy with a sport coat that's magenta and Silas Flint's coat is bright green and Bill Wallace's coat is bright blue and the ocean is green. Like it's very, very simple coloring. I hope they don't I, I can't imagine they would take the effort to recolor all this because it would just the man hours that would take would be ridiculous. Well, they do have to recolor them, but um they don't have to do the digital color. That's what I mean. Gradients and stuff. That's yeah, what I like. Mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, most of the stuff I see that they reproduce, they they do do the recoloring because they just have to um, to make it clean. Right. But they just go with the same flats that 
you know, were there before. They used the right. same template. So all that right. would, yeah, that would be that would be ideal. That's what you would want, especially with this art. Right? It would look silly with gradients and all that. Yeah, stuff. no, you would need all that stuff and muddying it up. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to, to finally see some of these stories see print because Ramona Fraden's run on, on Aquaman was very, very long. And, of course, she later came back and did him on uh, did him in, in Super Friends, and so she's got a long history with the character. And I'm, it's kind of it's tough for people to see. People most most of this stuff's not available, so I'm really excited to see that book come out whenever it does. It says it's scheduled for 2020, and that's that's all the information we have. But that was really what inspired this was wanting to go back and read some of these stories because it's like that book ought to be a, a blast. I mean, I think 500 oh, I think 500 pages will do it. Yeah, just a bit. Now, speaking of Ramona Fraden and Super Friends, if somebody were interested in more information on Ramona Fraden drawn Super Friend comics, what is there a place they could go for that? Mm, I think emoji. Uh, yes, of course. I will be starting a new show because I'm. Of finally, course, you'll be starting I'm, a new show. I'm deciding to finally pull my weight here at the network, uh, <laughs> and uh, start. I'm not exactly sure when it's going to start, uh, but it's going to. It's a new show on the network. The trailer's available. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. It's called For All Mankind, a Super Friends podcast, and we will not be covering the cartoon. That's David Gallagher's job. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, the comic book, the all 47 issues of the DC comic series, plus a few specials here and there that they did. And it will be me and a revolving series of guest hosts. And it will be – my goal is to have it – it will basically take the, the place of Mountain Comics once Mountain Comics uh, goes into winter hibernation, which is uh, – that season finale will be in November. So presumably – I'll have the first for all mankind hopefully in December. That's the plan. Cool. Are you, are you doing an index style where you go like issue one to issue two to issue yes. three, or are you just going to pick and choose? No, it's going to be straight through. Uh, you know, I heard the other day on uh, Make Ours Marvel, John mm-hmm. Wilson referred to an index show as a read through show. I've never mm. heard that term before, but I really liked it. I think it's very elegant read through. So that's what I'm calling it a read through podcast where you're basically just doing it from the beginning, first sure. issue through the end. And so, uh, yeah, it'll, 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 I think it'll be a lot of fun because I loved the super friends cartoon. I love the comic book. I never missed it. It was the second only to justice league in terms of my purchasing. So, uh, I, and, and I couldn't believe there's no show about it. So I figured this is the perfect time to, to do such a thing. So I'm really excited about it. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I've never actually read any of those super friends comic books. I've, uh, well, I should, have a I strong connection to your JLI. Right. Well, I've read one or two, I should say, you know, for that very reason, to read about like Fire's Origin or, or Ice Maiden or something. But beyond that, yeah, I never read – and that, those, that was only recently. So, yeah, I'm very interested in reading these. So I'm going to try and keep up with the show. There's some fun stuff in there. And I was well, kind of uh, drawn by Ramona. She didn't do all of them. But, I mean, she had a long run on it. And it's it's great because it's like it's you can't beat it. And then she gets to draw like, you know, at times the whole – almost the whole Justice League or at the very least most of the time the Super Friends. So it's a, it was a great, great series. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it. Um, we've had a fun conversation here about some awesome Silver Age Aquamans. I'm glad you suggested this. It was about time that Aquaman had something of interest to talk about. So, that's true. Uh, perfect. Good point. <laughs> well, folks, uh, we are going to post some of the pages. Not many because, I mean, altogether it's just 16 issues – 16 pages altogether. So we're just going to post some of them out on our website on the Image Gallery. And what's that website, Rob? Fireandwaterpodcast.com. And please post the cover with the, 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 the Melvin kid. I really would oh, like sure. to Oh, sure. Okay. I, I I didn't think about that because I probably wouldn't have, but I abs- I'll post the cover. I'll make sure to include the covers and the splash pages on both of those at very the very least. Perfect. 
So awesome. All right, folks. Um, well, be sure to check out us on Facebook at Firewater Podcast Network. Check us out on Twitter as FW Podcast, or you can find Rob as every other handle on Twitter except for the Nazis. And I'm out there as Firestorm Fan as well. So I think that's going to do it. I um, think so. All right. Well, until next time, folks, fan the flame and ride the wave. Ride the sea elephant. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. So come down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. They stand for truth and justice in sea, on land, in air. Aquaman and Firestorm, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! Aquaman! Look, I got a perfect score in the physical fitness test at school! Terrific! You must be in great shape. I've been making sure I get plenty of exercise every day. It's really fun! It's also a great way to keep looking and feeling your best. And there are so many ways to get exercise. Walking, playing games outside, riding your bike. And don't forget my favorite. Oh, swimming. You got it. See you soon.